Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shamlock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listening today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk presented by Premier Mortgage Group. The home buying process is not a difficult journey when you have the right lender. Use our 12 years of mortgage experience to guide you through the home buying process with ease. Premier Mortgage Group is local, experienced, and independent. Call today to see how easy buying a home really is. 601-467-3633, Premier Mortgage Group. All right, so we're here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I've kind of got my voice back tonight, so we'll see how this goes. But joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops Tugget legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, Phillips. I like the the day after the game voice because it's like the only time where I feel like uh, my pipes stack up to you and Shane. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's the one good thing that kind of came out of yesterday. And – uh yeah, man. Let's get into it. It's kind of like Phoebe from Friends when she had the raspy voice. Estelle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Estelle. Yeah. Wow, that's an Estelle pull. And also the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light. Man, some of these Russell's Reserve bottles are pretty squeaky, huh? Hey, you get a, it's like a squeaky toy. You know, I have a Woodford Reserve bottle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, that some point, uh, you know, I didn't know if I was going to drink anything today because yesterday happened. Um, but yeah, I, brought, I just went ahead and brought the bottle in here just in case I start feeling it. So I might add in with some extra thumpage. I had to keep going back for multiple pours last night, uh, which we're recording this Sunday. So, um, yeah, every time. My whiskey glass should have been done and the game should have been over. I just needed like two more <laughs> fingers of whiskey in that glass. And I kept doing that. And I almost finished that bottle last night. And that was not the intent when I started. I think a lot of us almost finished bottles or cans or uh, just, just clap your hands. hands. Just clap, clap your hands. hands. Right. Uh, so if nothing else, hey, it was an awesome it was an awesome time being back on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi this weekend at our first Game of the year in year two of the Will Hall era, taking on the Liberty Flames. Um, you know, we'll get into the game, some of the ins and outs, the good, the bad, the needs work. But my first impression of the team that day was at Eagle Walk. And the team, to me, looked significantly bigger than they have, you know, maybe back as far as 2015. I don't know, Jason, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I was like, the first thing, I, I knew they were bigger when we went to the scrimmage, but like when I saw them up close, I was like, okay, this team is a lot bigger than the team's been in quite some time. Yeah, bigger and happier, you know, uh, just, and, and just, and I don't know, they have a looseness about them, which I dig. And, um, but, but yeah, obviously there's a, uh, the physical attributes are, I mean, they're just, they're bigger football team. Coach Hollis said, you know, 
that's what makes him a better coach too is a bunch of bigger faster taller athletic guys uh make him better so um and i think we saw a lot of that when the game started well then sheer numbers as well because you've got 23 more scholarship athletes on the team this year than you had last year that is true never hurts your chances never hurts your chances uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said on the show last week, I mean, I think back to 2015 when we brought in an influx of, of linemen on, on you know, both sides of the ball. And um, you could definitely see a, a difference there. And I think you saw a difference this past Saturday night. So let's talk about the game itself. Southern is falling to Liberty 29 to 27 in quadruple overtime. That's uh, the furthest I think we've ever gone into overtime. I can't recall. It uh, is. And, you know, I can't recall. Too many over. I mean, we had a few overtime games, but I don't think we've had too many multiple overtime. Games. I didn't realize it was quadruple because of this. Was, I mean, maybe is this a new thing? The way they're doing yeah. this this overtime well, deal because we were up. The, nobody really knew. We we're looking around like, what are they doing? What's the ball doing there? And then you just get one crack, and I was like, is that was that an overtime? <laughs> that play, <laughs> you know? Um, it was really that weird. started. That started a what, two or three years ago? Has it been longer than that? Time just kind of melts away these days. So That's the two years ago, could I, have been 10. I knew that it changed from the old uh, – I remember back in the day, I think it was one of Eli's Manning's teams. Yeah. They had like a, I don't know, like seven or eight overtimes. And just – I think everybody across the world was like, all right, that's too much. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Something's got to happen. But, but no, I didn't. I didn't know. I did think that once it went to that basically a two-point conversion situation that it kind of favored us, I thought. Uh, but anyway. It was kind of like the equivalent of a hockey shootout. I mean, really. I mean, you had one yeah, shot. And- you're right. Like a soccer shootout. We're like, hey, you guys have played your ass off all game. We know everybody's tired. We're just going to kick it like 10 feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> so- so let's start off talking about the good, the good in the game. And I'll start this one off because, I mean, I think if you're going to talk about what was good about the game, I mean, you have to start with Frank Gore Jr. 32 carries for 178 yards and two touchdowns. And then he also had one completion for 48 yards. Whenever Ty Keys went down, uh, Frank Gore was one of the one of the, uh, you know, three that came in and played the super back position for the remainder of the game. And uh, really, I mean, say what you will about the decision there. Uh, but, you know, we almost won the game with the Superbacks yet again. Yeah, that decision didn't cause us to lose the game. If anything, that decision should have allowed us to win the game. Um, well, we had a fumble on the one-inch line, which I'm still not positive didn't get in. Everybody keeps Twice. trying to convince me. But, uh, yeah, um, so I don't know. That's Yeah, Gore, what more can you say about the guy? He uh, he. he he did everything possible for us to win that game, and and I don't know which team outplayed the other. Some people said, "Man, you know, we look like the better team." I said that was the most evenly matched te- game that I remember watching uh, in quite a while. And you know, last year we couldn't say that a whole lot. In the last couple of years, we hadn't been able to say that a whole lot. So Liberty's good. So yeah, Frank's a, a huge reason why um, why we we're ever. Uh, even in it yeah but well because you two went with good frank gore i I gotta point out that the nasty bunch showed up last night and the defense Mm -hmm. played incredible all night long um we got in a little trouble when they brought that third quarterback in uh that 
kid just had a crazy ability to keep plays alive and keep his eyes downfield to, to be able to sling the ball. But other than that, <clears throat> they kind of had a bend don't break mentality and, and just a really strong game from the defense last night. Particularly the, fantastic. particularly the pass defense. I mean, we, you know, statistically we did give up quite a few yards on the ground, but the pass defense, 203 yards, gave up two touchdowns, uh, had three interceptions. And then you, you look at the, you know, one of the big plays of the game, Eric Scott Jr. with a 22 yard interception return for a pick six. So, um, and another thing in regards to defense, I, I was impressed with how the, the players were able to get in the backfield. I mean, we had 11 tackles for losses and two sacks, and we really did not sack the quarterback very much at all last season. So definitely isn't that always there. kind of the, 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 the bugaboo when you have these running quarterbacks who can get out and go make things happen like shorts did last year. Um, uh, you want to rush them, right? And you want to, but but when you start making them run around, that's like when they're really good. So what do you do? You just not rush anybody? Uh, it's I don't know. I think we did enough to win the game outside of the five turnovers. But but yeah, that guy and and, and the rushing yards you talked about that we gave up. I I was racking my brain when I saw that number. I was like, I don't remember their running back just running all over us, but he didn't. It was that dude, you know, yeah. the quarterback with all the rushing yards. And that's after the defense caused it to be a play where he had to run around. So it's like the secondary, everybody did their job. And then he just, if if there's one deciding factor in the game is their third string quarterback was better than ours. Right. Or, or maybe better tonight or that night. So, and they give props to that guy. And two, they spread, you know, as far as rushing the ball, I mean, they had 244 yards on the ground. I mean, but that was spread out over, they had what? Six, yeah, the, the two of the quarterbacks, like gross rushing yards wise, before you take uh, sacks and stuff out of the equation, their their top two gainers were both quarterbacks. The the kid that came in last had, a, had 69 yards on the ground. Uh, and then the number 11, the, the Bennett guy, had 75 yards on the ground. Those two quarterbacks, when they came in and, and the pocket kind of collapsed and they were able to scramble, really caused some issues for us. Um, any more, any more good that you guys would like to add? I don't have it written down here, but that uh, 53 yard field goal that we made, that, that Briggs made, yeah. Um, you know, after Clutch. missing the after missing the short one, um, and then that horrible call on Brownlee, but um, and, and from our vantage point right there in the end zone, you know, I didn't have the way the game was going. I didn't have you know, uh, uh, a real good feeling. That this, that this was going to go well, especially like, you know, three minutes earlier, he missed the chip shot. Uh, but as soon as it left his leg, I just remember saying, oh, my God, he made it, <laughs> you know, 53 out right down the middle uh, with plenty of room to spare for, for what I saw. So I'd like to throw that on the good side as well. We um, we talked about Frank Gore Jr. Uh, having a, a monster of a night, but we haven't given a shout out to the offensive line yet. And I mean, man, mm-hmm. crazy improved play from last year, crazy improved play. What do we have? I mean, we said uh, we had 252 yards rushing ourselves. Uh, if you would have told me we had 252 yards rushing against a legitimate defense uh, coming into this game, I probably would have laughed at you. Uh, but I mean, we, we did a really good job 
uh, lining up and creating holes against uh, a defensive line that had some really big dudes on it. You know, the, the, the offensive line definitely much improved. Um, that being said, it's really tough to gauge how they're going to be in pass protection because you really didn't see much of that. I mean, we had 14 no. attempts, um, and I know that's what we've struggled with. Uh, so it, kudos to, to, to Coach Hall for, you know, using our forte in, in um, you know, run blocking. But I'm, I'm still curious to see. There's still some questions about how we're going to handle the, the uh, pass protection. And, you know, to be fair, we didn't we didn't really get to see much of that last night, and that's fine. We went with what worked. But um, I'm curious to see how they progress as far as the pass block goes throughout the rest of the season. I know that it was really only a half where this was even a factor, but Liberty had one sack. So one sack and a half. So they get another sack in the second half, two sacks in the game. Still a, a huge improvement over uh, the pass protection that we had last year. So uh, I, the, we we looked we we looked better with the eyeball test uh, just watching the game, but we weren't getting just pushed around like we were last year. Um, uh, so the the jury, like you were just saying, Jamie, the jury's out uh, about how they will continue to perform, but uh, at least a reason to be optimistic uh, that, that they're a much improved unit this year. I wonder who, and one, another thing about that, I'm not sure about, um, you know, who actually saw time, but I did see some rotation out there. So, I mean, you didn't have the same five guys all game. They did rotate some, some, some linemen in and out. So it's good seeing that depth. Uh, it's something that we haven't had in, in quite some time. Absolutely. Oh. That's, they talked about during practice being able to rotate three full, nice, uh, three full offensive. That was a Jason <laughs> Bailey thump yeah, that it was. has blown any of the ones I've done recently out of the water. Mine are uh, all squeaky. I'm not going to bore you with how many fingers it was or whatever the hell, but, you know. It was <laughs> I'll take three fingers of Glenlivet <laughs> with a little bit of pepper. Um, that sounds dirty. I, I just forgot what I was. It's Anchorman. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 75% of my brain is just stupid comedy quotes. Um, I forgot what I was talking about before this. It probably didn't matter. <laughs> we were talking about the the O-line there. Um, Show is back. One sack, two sacks, whatever. So, yeah, huh, yeah whatever. That, if, look, if, if uh, that wasn't something I was able to hold on to, it wasn't that important. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the bad, and I'll start it off with the passing game. I mean, not throwing anybody under the bus. I mean, you you have a redshirt freshman quarterback playing. You've got a uh, a backup who is a senior who is not starting, um, and then you have a true freshman, you know, running the third string as of right now. Um, so you don't have a lot of experience there, especially in these type of big game situations. So you know, when Tykes went down, you know, Hall Hall went out and tried to win the game. But that being said, the passing game really, really was not was not up to par. Five receptions on 13 attempts for 137 yards and three interceptions. So, you know, I know the two the two ones that that uh, Keys had, um, it looked like the defender was just in the in, just reading the route, just basically, you know, jumped in the way of where the ball was going to be headed to. And then, you know, Trey Lowe threw it up. Hall said in the postgame presser that um, the receiver didn't do a good job of, of going to get the ball and said that was the right read. Yeah. But still, you had you had you had three interceptions there. So, you know, I know that I know that they stacked that Liberty stacked the box some there in the second half, and we still were able to move it on them. But we're going to have to find some passing game somewhere to have sustained success this season. 
Well, uh, one of uh, Key's interceptions, the one that the I, I think it was the defensive end for Liberty batted up in the air was kind of just a little bubble pass. Uh, that was a heck of a play by that defensive guy. I mean, he batted it up in the air and then uh, was on his butt and caught it and kept it from hitting the ground. So it was just a freak great play. Ty could have floated it up a little more, but I mean, you gotta you gotta tip your hat to the guy on the play that he made. And then uh, the one you were saying where the receiver didn't go get it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had the the fortune of having different vantage points and being able to see replays on the camera and uh our receiver absolutely needed to to turn into a defensive back at that point and made no effort towards the ball uh and it could have been a 50 50 ball it could have been a catch but uh at very least make an attempt on the ball and disrupt the cornerback from just grabbing it so uh two of the five turnovers there were were avoidable and Ty's other interception, I mean, he, I just don't think he saw the guy. I mean, he was linebacker, kind of cheated up right in the beginning. He read the play, saw what was happening, took a couple steps back, and, I mean, Ty basically threw it right over the guy's head. He just reached up and picked it out of the air. But uh, that's, that's the, the growing pains we were going to deal with with the young quarterback uh, going into the season. It's kind of stuff that, you know, Will Hall's told us to be prepared for is, is plays exactly like that. But, man. Yeah, the, the turnovers were rough. You know, I'm sitting here in my office, and I've got, like, with the exception of 2020, I think I've got every football poster for the past, like, nine years in here. And you think back to 2015, and I'm looking at this poster right now, the 2015 season, I know everybody remembers it, Nick Mullins' picture is not on there, is not on <laughs> the 2015 poster. because We didn't think he was going to start. Didn't think he was going to start. I mean, his freshman uh, was, year uh, – the TCU guy. Matthews, yeah. So, I mean, it's really not fair to be like to you know throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, these 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 young quarterbacks, Keys and, and Wilkie, are just going to need time no, to, to adjust it, it, the game. It, and a thousand percent, like we're going to need Ty Keys to be a good football team. I mean, do we all agree on that? Ty Keys has got all the ability. And we also all agree that we can't put it all on his shoulder. But you know what? He's a quarterback, dude. I mean, he just is. That's just where we are. Um, and so whatever it's going to take for, I was shocked that he didn't play better than he did. I know he went out early and he still had a lot of time. That was a humongously cheap hit. And that dude should not be able to play football anymore. So bad it looked from my point of view, but, but yeah, man, we're going to need Ty to just do better than that. And, um, and I don't think he played poorly before he got knocked out of the game. I mean, did he play <laughs> great? Were his numbers great? No, but I mean, he was four of eight, 50%, 89 yards. He had the two interceptions. I just talked about how both of those went down. One was a freak athletic play from a defensive player. The other one was he just threw it right over the guy's head. That was on him. But, uh, I mean, he also, seven rushes, 27 yards. Um, I don't think he played bad. The question is – is does the game go into overtime or four overtimes if Tykees plays the whole game? Because we definitely had an advantage for the first few drives we we use the superback. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge huge and Tykees is a superback. He's like an ultimate superback. You know, he's a superback with the ability to throw it like 65 yards in the air. Um, he's got so, a cannon. There's no doubt. Yeah, about I mean it. it's 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 uh you know with dynamic players, I guess they can be dynamic both ways a lot of the time. Um, and the ball that you mentioned Trey threw, I mean, that was absolutely the read. We all saw it. We're sitting right there. Um, 
it looked like it had a lot on it, but you know, it's picked. So at least that was a kind of a punt ish type of deal. Um, so of the five turnovers that we had, that was the least costly, I thought probably. Um, but for, are we still in bad? Are we doing bad? Hmm? Yeah, we're still in bad. You're still in bad. We're yeah. still in bad. Um, so we've already done turnovers in QB play. I don't know that that that's outside yeah, of the call on Brown. We didn't. We didn't. I mean, we, we I thought I the passing game, but we didn't talk uh-huh. about the two fumbles inside the five. I yeah. mean, those are that's yeah. that's five five turnovers total was. And and, yeah. and, and and they were. I guess you can tip your hat to Liberty on those on those fumbles. Um, but at the same time, they were effort fumbles, and we're just carrying it out here, crazy, you know. Um. They were trying to score, you know. So, I mean, if <laughs> it's 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 they talk about games of inches, and I mean, especially that that the, the play word with Janari Dean. I mean, that was a, yeah, that was um, I, I don't that know. Very well, could have been a touchdown. I, I mean, I, I'm still. I know we didn't have the perfect angles, but man, when his butt went down, the ball's up here, and almost like if it's in his right arm and not his left arm, he gets a touchdown. It was that close, so. Um, but again, kind of like with, kind of like we were talking about with Ty, I mean, look, you, you can, we can applaud the effort and all that, but you can't fumble, you know, just, you can't, you, like, we did so many things that I don't think are going to be, uh, at all indicative of how we're going to play the rest of the year. And we still damn near beat a fringe top 25 team that like coach Hall said, would have beat us by three scores last year easily if we had the same amount of turnovers. So. It's maybe that's why it's it's so frustrating right now, because <laughs> you you can, it's not like we can look back at one thing. We can look back at, at like just at however many things we've mentioned so far. If any of those things go differently, we're probably sitting here talking about well, we still don't have a great quarterback situation, but we're one and zero, right? So I guess maybe that's what hurts um, the most for me anyway, is that I I feel like we are super freaking close, and I know. That that was Ty's fifth game, and I know that I, I think he's one of the the better talents that we've had in quite some time. Um, and I want him to grow up really, really quick because <laughs> that'll make it better for everybody. But um, like Jamie said, I mean, and like Coach Hall said, I mean, he's it's his fifth game ever. Um, well, a year and a half ago, he was playing at Taylorsville High School. So, um, I mean, and it's no secret that we tried to work the portal. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it was. If you if you follow any kind of Southern Miss media, you know that we were going after quarterbacks in the portal. But at the same time, you had a leaky offensive line here last year. You know, you had some you had you had Brownlee, which is strong, but you, you didn't have very many proven receivers. I mean, it's not the ideal situation for a, a quarterback with one year of eligibility to come into. So, um, you know, it's it's what it is. Yeah. But I, I think that I'm curious to see how it, it I, progresses the rest of the year. And I think that you're talking about the ridiculous idiotic chatter on Twitter and social about talking about our lack of using the portal and stuff. Like what, what in the world? Where yeah, have you been? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Like uh, it, it's a pretty glaring um, uh, position of quarterback. You know, he's always got the ball. He's the guy right there. Obviously that hurt us last night, but yeah, man, it's not like we didn't try to. And um, we spent a pretty good chunk of time trying to get the rest of the team good through that portal, too. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not – I'm just kind of sad because I feel like we should have won the damn game. 
I'm not disappointed. That's a good team. We won three games last year. And that exact same team would have kicked our ass last year. So sucks that we lost, man. But if we had won by one point, we'll be with what we're talking about right now be that much different. If we still had the turnovers, we still had keys go down, we still had the guy not battling for the pass, we still had the fumble on the one-inch line, we'd, we'd still be talking about all those things. So we just have a win. Yeah. So, you know, it just sucks. But if we get that kind of effort uh, against the rest of our schedule, you know, take, take a couple turnovers away. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. in pretty good shape. My last bad, and Jason, you kind of alluded to this earlier, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily fair to call it bad, but it was bad the way that it went, was that offensive pass interference call in overtime. Um, you know, check mm. it around. You know, the consensus seems to be from people that were watching on TV or had a better angle than I had was that it was a 50-50 ball. But usually on, on, a, on 50-50, you know, whether or not it was offense or defensive pass interference, they, they usually defer to the, to the offense on that. So, Or at least a no call. Yeah. I mean, I mean, th- and, that was like the worst of both worlds in Sutter Miss's case. And they were letting, you know, from a TV vantage point, they were letting uh, both sides have some physicality in the defensive backfield over the course of the night. So and let me stop uh, you right there. Let me stop you right there. Get your physicality T-shirt at uh, to the top <laughs> dot hey. talk dot com. All right, Shane, well take it back away. Yeah, no, uh, very well placed. Uh, <laughs> Hold for applause. Thank you, Patrick Lowry. Um <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean that's the thing is is they were letting them be you know fairly physical wide receivers and defensive backs over the course of the night. That uh, it, it could have been called both ways. It, it could have been called on Brownlee. Then the defensive back pulled him down on top of him. So uh, I mean that's that's a tough call in that situation to call offensive pass interference with with what happened and the way they had been letting them play all night. I mean because that's you're 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 taking the ball down like. Was it 15 yards or is it all the way to the two? I mean, like it was in the end zone. I want to say it's at the one. Am I just wrong okay. about that? I know in co- I know in college and pro it's different, and I get them mixed up sometimes. No, I think it's 15 yards. Is in it that still situation. just 15 no matter where? Yeah. Okay. Still, that would have been great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it beats the hell out of first and 25. Yeah. Yeah, with, absolutely. With uh, your running back playing quarterback. Right, right. And then Liberty figured out that, all right, Gore can throw a decent deep ball, but when they do it, just if, when the running or when the receiver starts running by you, just hold on to him and drag him to the ground. It's a 15 yard penalty instead of a touchdown. They did that at least three times. They were going to get burned and they just grabbed on and held on and rode him to the ground and took the 15 instead of the six. Yeah, it's a brilliant game plan. And, and if we have, every time we have to go to that, I don't say have to. I love it. I love the super back. Uh, when you have to go to it exclusively, it's different. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But but it, it, the, the game plan moving forward that everybody is probably going to try is, you know what? We we are not going to get beat uh, by Frank Gore or the running backs. We're going to make the dude, whoever's back there, we're just going to make them beat us. And um, – and that's that's just how it's going to be until Tykes decides to be Tykes. And you can't you can't have you can't go a whole season with with Frank getting 32 carries a game. He's, he's just not built nope. for that. So you know, hopefully we can find some 
some diversity there with with who has their hands on the football. Um, needs work. We've already talked about the quarterback position. We won't beat that into the ground. But next I had uh, getting the ball in the wide receiver's hands. I mean, uh, Kasten was the only receiver who had two receptions. We had three other uh, receivers who had one reception. So five receptions on the night. Uh, we, we've got to, if we want to open it up, we've got to find ways to get the ball into into the wide receiver's hands. And, or or any receiver. I mean, uh, we've all seen you know some some good tight end work, and I would like to think that that's a pretty good ally for an inexperienced quarterback and or super back. It's not like you're throwing that ball 40 yards down the field a lot of times. So we got some good ones, man. We got some big ones. Um, and granted, they have to help out blocking. I get it. You know, I get all of that. But uh, I would just think it's a little bit easier to get the ball in the tight end's hand. If I was a quarterback and I can't throw it very far or I'm just not very good at it, you know, because most of the time running back, that the dude standing eight yards away is easier to hit than the dude standing 40 yards away. But um, I don't know if you're Frank Gore, that 40 yard away well, time may be yeah. easier. I think he Frank just Gore all these conversations because he's just he's got a knack. He's a ball player, dude. That guy's just a ball player. And um so glad we got him on the team. Um, and Cavallo did have one of the receptions. So Cavallo did have yeah. 20% of the receptions. Uh, there you go. The play <laughs> that he made after that catch where he kept his balance and put his hand down and spun and kept going instead of getting a knee or a shin down was uh, an absolutely amazing play. That's uh, I had very good views of that, uh, listening to – Baker and AD uh, call it on the game, and uh, that that play can't be understated. And another play that uh, Bump just mentioned, Luke Baker, uh, Luke Baker's block on Frank Gore's long touchdown run was one of the keys to the game, positive-wise. Uh, monster block. Frank Gore does not score that touchdown without Luke Baker's block. Uh, for a work on, for me, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, and this is, well, this adds to the game. I'm going to say taking that pregame atmosphere into the rock. I get it. All of you people that are texting me saying, man, what was wrong with the crowd? I, I got I got it. All right. We were there. We know that the east side was really sparse. The other side was fine. The end zone was good. The suites were full. Um, but uh, the pregame atmosphere uh, over in spirit and even over on our side where we tailgate next to uh, Southern Hall and um, and Bennett and the administration building and all that. It's great. I think we had 30 something people at our tailgate. It was you know? strong. I mean, when's, yeah. the, when's the last time has that happened? I know that's just one for us, but our little section was full up. We bled right over into the Rogers over there and then down there with Hackney and all them. And as we were walking over to spirit, it took forever. Cause I kept running into people that, uh, that guy didn't even seen him forever. I thought that the crowd was going to be just outstanding. Um, then, you know, a couple raindrops happen, like right there while the Molly Ringwalds are going on. But that Spirit Park section it is I, – I still love where we are, and I think I'm a little uh, – probably a couple years away from even entertaining an idea of moving over there. But if we ever do get to a situation where we can have a college game day or something like that come to town, to set up right there, just the, the – it's just like this straight away with, with all the stuff, the, the big screens – chair that they got and the junior eagle Funland jumpy things and um it's just uh tense as far as you can see like it's 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 an incredible uh thing to be a part of and when you see it that packed and then you walk in and you're like whoa where'd they go they're probably still over there <laughs> having a great time and just listening to it on the loudspeaker i have no idea but so uh, for a work on i would say uh just 
having some carry over there from from the pregame um, to the actual game. And this seems like as good a time as any to address what was said after the game, which also ruffled some feathers. But, um, you know, Coach Hall in his postgame press conference, he mentioned that uh, the fans that did show up were great, but that he, he called the the crowd less than, said that it was embarrassing. I mean, we had less than 25 thou. I don't disagree. I mean, um, but you've, we've gone through 10 years of this. I mean, this this lull in Southern Miss football is 10 years old now. So it's it's going to take some timing and some winning to get back to where we need to be. And, you know, I know the rain is – and really, dude, I was watching the – I know we talked about this earlier. I was watching the radar as well. Like, I'm absolutely stunned that it did not rain. Like, watching, I am, too. Watching that radar, it's like – it's it's kind of like the old Bauer coming to practice and then the rain just going away. Like, <laughs> whenever it was getting to be about Eagle Walk time, it just – it rained all around us, but not – not on top of us. It was it the was, good Lord loves the golden eagles. The good okay. Lord loves the golden eagles. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So and, and, and that was. I mean, I do think that the weatherman could have framed it a little bit differently. Just every time I heard, like our our morning guy, which I love him, he's good, but they were just like, "Sorry guys, you know, uh, I wish I had better news, but it's like, you know, it's going to rain. It's going to rain a lot. Uh, just sorry, your weekend's over. You know, it was, it was that for like every single day." And um, and it didn't rain a drop. So uh, or you know during the game it didn't rain a drop at all. But but to fill these stands, I mean, don't you guys agree? Just there's got to be a buzz with any sport at USM. It seems baseball is the easiest, but baseball usually has some buzz <laughs> for something's going on. Um, well, Liberty W would have done that. You'd have seen some crazy uh, attendance at, at the at the Northwestern game coming up. I, I think it's, um, I think it's going to take sustained success. To get yeah. people in, I mean, it's winning, winning. Yeah. I mean, we we we've had it took sustained losing to to get the crowds out of there. So sustained success, I think. Um, and you look about when when the crowds were great. You look at the end of the the Fedora era. You look at the 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 one year of Munkins ten years when you had explosive, entertaining offenses. And yeah. we just we really haven't had any of that. And and you know, well, several, and, several years and, and, and I'll say this. I mean, that being said, the the crowd that showed up. Um, I think that however many people were in there at kickoff were the same amount of people that were in there after the fourth overtime. They totally were there. Agree. They were loud. Um, they're into it. They're invested. Um, you know, so uh, if you start winning some games and you'll see that bleed over in the little su- the top sections that that used to even even when we we're talking about all the great crowds we used to have those top corners, you know, were a little sparse. Um, so I think we'll start seeing our our. We'll see it start inching back towards uh, filling up those those upper sections a little bit more. But make no about no doubt about it. I mean, you have to start winning some football games. So the the good thing about it is you're exactly right, Jamie. We've had a decade of Southern Miss football being down and not producing the results that we're used to Southern Miss football producing, and we still have twenty two to twenty four thousand core fans that will still show up to every game and be into it. What we need is the sustained winning to get those other 11,000 people in there that pack right. that place out and make it nuts. And uh, unfortunately, I, I completely understand where Coach Hall is coming from. You, it's demoralizing to look over and see the east side of the stands almost empty, uh, empty on the top and, and half full on the bottom. But y- you got to kind of take historical context into it and, and, and think about what we just talked about, that it's been a decade of struggles and those people will come back. They'll, they'll come back. They've been there before. 
they will come back. The the hardcore folks just got to get us through until we are winning some ball games again. I can't say enough about the fans that were there. I mean, it really. I mean, really, considering the crowds we've had, uh, it really wasn't a terrible crowd. I mean, I think there was there were more people at that game than there were at the Kentucky home game a few years ago. So um, I don't, you know, the, but the ones that were there, they were into it, and 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 you know, from the, the as deflating as you know losing the way we did was. I mean, it was a very entertaining game overall for anybody mm-hmm. who was there. I mean, you were in. I mean, you were in. You were fired up through all four overtimes. You know, that game was drunk. That game was very drunk. <laughs> I don't know who the new people are. They're sitting right behind <clears throat> us. Uh, some guy and his wife, but they got. Uh, indoctrinated to our little section, I think. I think I gave those guys, you know, 25 high fives apiece, and I still don't know their names. They got to learn. Great. Yeah. Good. I thought you were going to say gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. Um, I've got another needs work. Tip them up. And we, we kind of touched on this earlier. Uh, quarterback contain. I mean, I, there were several times there in that fourth quarter where, <clears> you know, we, we'd have them in a third and long situation, and, you know, their their Tennessee transfer, Caden Schultz-Salter, as we mentioned. He, I mean, he came in the game, fourth quarter only, had nine carries for 65 yards. And um, yeah. there were several times where if we just – I don't know, you know, I don't know the, the defensive philosophies. I'm not, you know, going to act like anything like that. But you, you kind of would have liked to seem like a spy or something. Again, I don't know. But when he hit the – when he got past the O-line, he was gone. I mean, he was wide. He was – it was all the space in the world. Yeah, there. open field. Sure. Yeah. Bennett, number well, 11, I mean, we might have up on the ground. What's that? I said Bennett, number 11, the second quarterback that came in. When the first one got hurt, he ate us up on the ground in, in those third and long situations, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could, do you guys have any more needs work that you'd like to touch on? If we just could have yeah. not broken Brewer's hand, I think we had a lot better chances. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, if they wouldn't have gone to QB number three, we win that game. Um, that's, that's true. Any either of the first two quarterbacks they use, we we beat we beat that team and we, that quarterback number three came in and gave us fits. But we we talked about turnovers earlier. That was my first needs improvement. But the second one was we were three for twelve on third down, mm. uh, and uh, luckily it didn't seem that our defense wore out. It seems like we have legitimate depth there that that we need uh, now, and and they played strong all game. But third and 12 or three for 12 on third down uh, is probably not going to cut it in, a, in some of the, the tougher games we have coming forward. Some other news to touch on, uh, you know, this is something it's not a not a moral victory, but but we did cover the spread. And that's something we did not do a lot, <laughs> very much at all last year. So that, in you know. But I think for me overall in the game, I saw progress. We're obviously not where we want to be. You obviously have a big hole there at, at quarterback right now, but um, you can definitely see the progress, and you can definitely see we're building towards something. Now it's not going to get, it's not going to be easy by any means. I mean, we're you know, the odds are severely stacked against us against Miami this weekend. We're like a twenty-six point underdog right now. But, I'm really excited to see what our defense can do there. Though, I'd, I'd, I mean, who knows who even is going to be our quarterback or whether we're going to run a super back for four quarters at this point because uh, with the shot that the Keys took uh, that got the guy ejected, I mean, it was a crown to the face mask, and he was rocked from the get-go. I'd, as soon as he hit the ground, I knew he was done for the game. Um, but how long is he out? 
and what do we have to do? But man, our defense was impressive. And I'm not, I, I don't go into this thinking Miami's just going to run all over our defense. I think we stand a chance there. It's, are we going to be able to score points? Well, let's talk, let's go on and talk about that game. So this coming up weekend, and as of right now, as of this recording, which is Sunday night, Miami ranked number 16 in the country. I'm sure that'll change as we get into the polls this week. But Southern Miss 0-1 on the season at the Miami Hurricanes, who are 1-0 on the season. That game is this Saturday, September the 10th, at 11 a.m. Central, 12, 12 p.m. Eastern if you're hanging out with Shane this weekend. So that's going to be on the ACC Network. You can, I'm sure you can get that on your ACC Network tied in with ESPN, so you can get that on your phone. Miami currently, as of this recording, sitting as a 26-point favorite. So very, very – I mean, I, I had a feeling they would be a big favorite, but I did not uh, – I wasn't sure it was going to be that big. Yeah, that's I'm, – I'm all over the Eagles on that spread. I don't think we lose that game by 27 points. Um, so we we may not be one and one after this week, but I think we'll be two and zero versus the spread, and uh, that means something in Vegas. Please. Yeah, you can't you can't really tell anything they did versus Bethune Cookman. Um, so they're, they're this will be the first defense that that you know Mario Cristobal this is his first year, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, this will be the. Uh, First time that he's faced a, a solid defense uh, as being coach of Miami. So they got a good quarterback, you know, Van Dyke. He's good. And they got some other good players. But I don't know, man. It's just how how long is our defense going to have to stay on the field? It kind of feels like those last three games of last year, doesn't it? I know we won a couple of them, but um, this has kind of got some of that UTSA feel, really, where, where we're, we're probably going to be – you know, a heavy underdog, but we got nothing to lose. We got nothing yeah. to lose. Well, mm-hmm. we get luckily we have to go into it like we went into the UTSA game, probably featuring the Superback, and uh, we almost won that game. So, you know, another good thing is that Southern Miss, uh, Miami's got Southern Miss this weekend, and they play at Texas A&M the following weekend. So, I don't know, that could possibly be something that they would be looking forward to. And I'm kind of I've I've always kind of like respected the U. I'm I'm kind of disappointed I'm not going to be able to go. Um, but hopefully we can we can schedule another game with them sometime. Now. I mean, if you talk about like people in our generation, like Miami was the team. Like yeah. for most of you know until Nick Saban went to Alabama, I mean, you'd probably say Miami was probably the bell cow in our lifetime. Well, you know, FGJ is going to have a bunch of folks there. Great point. You got Frank Gore who graduated from Miami, and then. You know, Frank Gore Jr. grew up there in Miami. So, yeah, absolutely. A big game for him. Absolutely. You know, speaking of those names, there was something I noticed on the game watching watching it last night. Not not a lot of the times do you see players from other teams helping each other get up off the ground. Usually it's somebody from your team's helping you get up. But throughout the night, didn't matter who made the tackle on Frank Gore Jr. It, it looked like a Liberty guy was sticking a hand out to help him off the ground. So uh, it's it's just crazy how much respect he has uh, against the other teams that we're playing. I'm glad TJ's not on the show right now. Probably has something <laughs> to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. I didn't even notice that. That's a that's a, that's a great observation. 
So after Miami, we come back home, take home Northwestern State, and then finish out the non-conference schedule down at the Tulane Green Wave the following week. So it's a very interesting next few weeks. Obviously, again, I don't think anybody really has much of expectations as far as a victory goes this coming week against Miami, but hopefully we can see some progress. I, I think everybody fully expects us to be Northwestern State and then Tulane. That's where we will see where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll be a big measuring stick game. Uh, I mean, that could get us back to 500, uh, you know, not giving this weekend's game away, but we are a heavy underdog. Uh, I'll be incredibly happy if we do win. Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, trying to look at things realistically, uh, if, if we're going to make a bowl game this year, which is kind of the the upper end of my expectations is just, you know, having an even or winning record and making a bowl game is is what I would love to see out of this. Uh, winning games like that are, are going to play a big part in it because uh, getting that W Saturday night uh, would have gone a long way towards getting us there, and we didn't get that, so we got to make them up somewhere. I'm looking at the last five games played by each team recently. So you look at you look at Miami. Of course, they had the win over Bethune Cookman. Uh, then to finish out the season last year, they beat Duke 47 to 10. Before that, they beat Virginia Tech 38 to 26. They lost to Florida State 31 28, and then beat Georgia Tech 33 to 30. But you look at Southern Miss last five games. I mean, I'm I'm going all the way back to North Texas. We lost 38 to 14. Really not our best game, obviously. But then that following week against number 23 UTSA, we went to the Super PAC and we lost 27 to 17. But you could kind of feel like the, everything was changing, you know. Louisiana Tech, we won 35 to 19, and then FIU, we won 37 to 17. So the Super PAC really has kind of changed the fortunes for Southern Miss football. I hope we don't have to, you know, lean exclusively on that. But it definitely is is a very interesting um, wrinkle there we have in the in the playbook now. Well, since I'm sitting on my couch and I'm hooked up to Wi-Fi and I'm not fighting 22, 24,000 other people for a signal, uh, I can play around on Twitter while I watch the game. And when we started running the Superback, Twitter blew up. It's, uh, <laughs> people love the Superback. It's fun, and uh, it's, it's a, a cool little thing to be associated with. Shane, you ha- Jason, you want to chime in? Did you? I was like, we should almost like make a T-shirt for it or something. We should make a T-shirt, and you can yeah. get yours at tothetoptalk.com. Just click on the merchandise <laughs> link when you go to that page. All right, Shane, um, do you have any updates this week you'd like to share? Soccer, volleyball, women's golf, and the like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, all of those things, uh, and plus men's golf will get kicked off this week as well. Um, so we don't want Chad Dickens yelling at me in Twitter messages because we didn't say something about men's golf. He gets a little emotional. Um, settle down, Chad. Chafunta. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That that brings to mind. We'll we'll get to this later. But I'm bump. I'm going to need your help with a uh, Louisiana pronunciation. Hmm. Uh, but that's not till a little later. We'll start off with soccer this week. Uh, soccer, uh, still a, a little rough start to the season for them. Uh, their third SEC opponent, their third loss in a row. Uh, that was actually today, Sunday, September the 4th, fell 1-3 to three to LSU in Hattiesburg. That match was tied 0-0 zero to zero at half, and all of the scoring was done in the second half. Uh, Alana Izquierdo scored the Eagles goal off an assist by Bernadette Stefan. 
Uh, but that was the only positive action for the Golden Eagles on the offensive side. Uh, next up, continue the SEC run with Mississippi State and Hattiesburg Thursday, September the 8th at 4 o'clock, and then Sunday, 9-11 at Ole Miss. Uh, volleyball was in action uh, kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum here. Volleyball has had an incredibly good start to the season. Uh, well, let me step back. Soccer is 0-3, 0-0 uh, in Sunbelt play. Uh, but on the flip side of that, as I was just getting at, uh, the Lady Eagles on the volleyball court swept the Mercer Bears Classic this past weekend. Friday, September the 2nd, won 3-1 over host Mercer. Uh, then Saturday, September the 3rd, took a 3-2 to two win over Charleston Southern and a 3 to nothing win over Queens. That puts the Lady Eagles at 5-1 and one overall. Next up, returning to the hardwood there in Hattiesburg at the Southern Miss Invitational Friday, September the 9th. They face Stephen F. Austin at 7 o'clock. And then Saturday, September the 10th, Mississippi Valley State University at three and Houston Baptist at seven. Uh, women's golf is currently in action as we're re- well, not as we're recording. It's the evening time they played earlier today, but this tournament has not yet concluded. They are at the USA Intercollegiate at the Magnolia Grove Crossing Golf Course in Mobile, Alabama, hosted by uh, South Alabama. After the first two rounds, the Lady Eagles are currently sixth out of 13 teams with a team score of 580. The leader, South Alabama, at their home course sits at 561. Uh, action will conclude Monday, September the 5th for that tournament. Uh, as we stand now, Momika Andu or Ando is the low eagle at 141. She opened up with a very nice score of 68 and then shot a 73 in the second round. Uh, next, they are off after this can, uh, tournament concludes until September the 19th, where they're at the Hoover Classic hosted by UAB. Men's golf is not in action right now, but they will be back in action this week, starting September 11th at the Jim Rivers Intercollegiate at Squire Creek Country Club. And this is where I need you, Bump. C-H-O-U-D-R-A-N-T, Louisiana. Choudrant? Chudrant? What you call me? Yeah, exactly. You drunk? I mean, Chudrant? What? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, it uh, that's kind of like one of those Marchant, Marchant situations there. Uh, I'm still not, with, not sure which way to go on that one either. So don't think oh, I'm the go-to. Well, uh, clear that up for us, Mr. Kenny, then. I didn't realize that that was uh, unsettled business. Uh, but anyway, that's a Louisiana Tech golf tournament. Uh, they'll play 9-11 through 9-13 on that one. And that'll wrap us up for the week. Outstanding. All right, do you guys have any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, I want to give a few shout-outs. Um, a shout-out to Diane Overby. What? Made her way back to the Rock after like a couple-year hiatus. So nice to see Diane back. I want to give a shout out to the student section. We talked about uh, the crowd that was there, um, was into it all night, and that was a big portion of it. That whole entire student section, Shane, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but from our perspective, that bottom little spot they have, uh, that square um, next to the band, was was full up and they're into it with the signs and just jumping around. And I, you know, I, I would love to be able to go back and do that again. Um, 
So uh, this whole fear of missing out thing that the people need to get up and go to games, I guess I still got it, you know, because (laughs) we try to do our own little part in our section. But, man, what would you give to go back and do that again? Shane taking his shirt off, putting letters on there and stuff, you know? Um, Two two years of student loans to pay back. That's what I'd give because that's why I hung around two extra years. It was so much fun. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, this day and age, you wouldn't even have to do that. What? Well, tough uh, shit. I paid mine back before that. (laughs) Uh, Jamie Kessler uh, and his buddy drove all the way down from from Kentucky, came by and said hi. I think they're pretty, you know, disappointed in the outcome. But, man, that's that's an effort that people um, that's that's a long way to go. Forgot it didn't even go to Southern Miss, and, and his buddy's a Kentucky fan, so I uh, wanted to give them a shout out for sure for just uh, coming down, man, having some wards. Play they played Timberton. Um, it's uh, it's we'll take any amount of fans that we can get. You know, we we need more people uh, like them probably. Um, and the last shout out I wanted to give was to Coach Ladner and the basketball staff. We went and checked out uh, myself and Renfro and Chase and Reagan, and uh, I took my son Jack and Marchant was there and his son Max. Uh, we took in basketball practice. Uh, Marchant gave a little talk to the team. Uh, one of the staffers on the basketball team came over and gave Jack and, and my nephew Jennings a, a T-shirt. And uh, uh, they, they got us all out there to take a picture. Like we had just walked in to Reed Green and sat down. And I was just like, Jack, be quiet. You know, quit doing that. Get out of the team's cooler, you know. And uh, and I look and Coach Ladner's like, bump, y'all come on down. It's like, what? What are we? Then we took a picture with the team, so it was really neat, man. I mean, can you do that anywhere else? The access that we have to, like, the head coaches here at Southern Miss, is, could you do that at LSU? Could you just show up to a practice and end up taking a damn picture? You can, but it costs it's, a lot more money than what you get at Southern man, they're, Miss. They're, they're just, that kind of thing is just, I think, unique and special to what we have. And I'm not, like, a million-dollar donor, you know? We just went. He called us down there. So it's neat. I uh, wanted to point that out. And – um Jack had a big day. <laughs> Jack did have a big day. Um, I'm sure he'll tell you all about it, but uh, it was fun. It was fun, man. It, the only thing that wasn't fun was the loss. And uh, but hell, man, like we said, it's 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 a lot better to have a team that's got a possibility of winning um, than just showing up just because. Because we do that anyway. But it's better to show up knowing that you know that we got a good shot. So, Shane, you have any shout outs like uh, Patrick Lowry said, there's my shout out as as, uh, we kind of chatting with him through the game last night. Uh, My heart was racing. Patrick's watch was going off, telling him he needed to go to the hospital because uh, the game was about to kill him. Uh, I felt the same way. Elijah Craig sold a little bit more whiskey because I just shaky hand kept having to refill (laughs) glass after glass. But and um not a shout out per se, but just this season's going to be fun. That game was was a really good game between two football teams. Somebody had to win. Unfortunately, we were not the team that won that. But uh, man, it was so much more competitive and exciting than last year. Even with our quarterback getting knocked out in the first half, uh, it's uh, hang on, don't give up. This is going to be fun. Uh, there's so many people I could give a shout out to, like so many people I ran into the other day. Um, so many people I saw on the stand, so many people I saw at Eagle Walk, so many people I saw at the tailgate. I mean, I, I could just go on and on, but I'll, I'll give a shout out to my sister, Jennifer, uh, came down to, to the game this That's weekend right. with her boyfriend, Andy, who's a Southern Miss grad. Um, and then my niece, Jilly, and then, 
um, Andy's son, Hudson. So got to give them a shout out for, for coming down and enjoying the game with us. Hopefully we can have some, some more time together this season. Uh, so to the top talk this week presented by Premier Mortgage Group. The home buying process is not a difficult journey when you have the right lender. Use our 12 years of mortgage, 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 mortgage experience. That's an extra word there. Mortgage. All right. 12 years of mortgage experience to guide you through the home buying process with ease. Premier Mortgage Group is local, experienced, and independent. Call today to see how easy buying a home really is. 601-467-3633. Former Southern Miss Golden Eagle cheerleader there, Brad Dixon. So keep it in the family. Yeah. If if you – so here's my plan. Um, Everywhere – everybody needs somewhere to live. Right. So if you like a house, that's step one. Step two is when you find that house that you like, you call my wife and um, you get her to show you the house. And step three is do you go to Premier Mortgage and you get them to give you the loan for that house? So we're just we're taking it through the gauntlet with our sponsors yeah, here. I mean, it's we are. we're going the, <laughs> the realtor, then the mortgage group next week, probably the funeral home. It's going to be just a full <laughs> It sounds like Katie needs to get involved with these guys and get some folks pre-approved. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All the time, all day long. Blow up that phone. You guys on uh, both ends, on both ends, on both ends. Absolutely. Be sure you go to to the top com. I know you're listening right now, but you can you can check out all the links to all the different platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and the like. Also, if you want to sponsor an episode, there's a link on there where you can go in. We're, we're doing it all a cart this year. We're going to have a different sponsor every week. If you want to do multiple weeks, that's fine, too. Um, but go to tothetopdalk.com. You'll see tothetoptalk.com. You'll see the links for all of that, as well as the merch site, the new shirt this week. Fantastic shirt uh, based off of Will Hall's vocabulary, so physicality. Awesome new new shirt to our 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 also. I don't know why I'm jacking up my words tonight. I don't know. It's the booze. It's it. What's not? No, not no, tonight. It's the lack of booze. Yeah, last problem. night was yeah. Um, you guys have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Hmm. Um. No, man. I mean, look, we're all sad, right? We all think we should have won the game, and and but the good thing is, is that we can have that feeling. That it's possible. We're gonna show up, and we're we got a shot, man. We got kick-ass defense. We got one hell of a football coach. Um, get on board now, uh, because you know it's if, if you wait until we start winning, you're just kind of joining in, right? Just go ahead and get out there, right? It's going to happen. If there's a person on this earth that can, that can get us back to relevance. It's Coach William Hall, and I believe that with all the with all of the fiber in my being. So come out now, enjoy it. Uh, watching some losses right like this will make those wins that much sweeter. So just come on out. Come to the tailgate. I didn't. I didn't. I never thought of Will Hall's name being William. I, for some reason, I was about to call him Billy Ball Hall. Uh, that's probably mm. a. <laughs> I'm not against. Well, next time we'll have him on, we'll have to ask him what his full Christian name. What's is. his full Christian name? What is? Yeah. What's a, what's the nickname? Yeah, his Wikipedia does not have the full name. So um, it's probably like William Aloysius Hall or something like that. I don't know. I'm thinking that. Well, if anybody, I don't think so. If anybody's going to Miami this weekend, have an absolute blast. Hold it down for all of us. We'll see you back at the Rock um, on for Northwestern State in two weeks. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.
Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football. But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. When the football season is over and done, Here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee But I chose Southern Mississippi And right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC or Notre Dame You have lots of things to offer But Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame I could play for North Carolina Ohio State or LSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you season it's over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state